Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Welcome to today's show on... No, we just did wine. Who did the scheduling? Bob, I swear, I give you access to the docs and you just... Oh, it's barley wine. Okay, that isn't wine at all. We're in for a beer-style episode on barley wines. So strap in, maybe clear your schedule for tomorrow morning, and have a drink. again <laughs> Take hello two. darkness my old friend i feel like we've been here before but you know what that's perfectly fine it's it, it you know what i'm perfectly fine with it i managed to, to snag what i had last time the last bottle of it probably in existence so i'm Actually, very at happy least in, yeah. at least in kentucky yeah it was just a good old boy never mean no harm all right uh yeah how's everybody doing uh, pretty good. Not gonna complain. Uh, I finally got my tooth uh, issues cleared up. Did they? Well, did for they? The most part. They look down to like the actual hole in your mouth and just go echo. <laughs> no, but they were able. A uh, specialist was able to get in there and clean out. So my tooth had four roots and three canals, and they were able to get in three of them. He said one of them is completely sealed over, so it's no issue. There's nothing in there. It's just it's just bone. Oh. There's there's no canal. There never was. He's like, it, it's not an issue. Weird. Do they, uh, do they let you, uh, can you pass ships from one tooth to the other? You can. It, <laughs> okay. It's a it's a Panama canal of sorts. No. Uh, <laughs> they got in there and cleaned it all out, and I've still got the temporary tooth, which kind of sucks for Oktoberfest, or temporary tooth, temporary crown. And uh, I mean, it's still technically a temporary tooth, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. But there's nothing in there. It's all cleaned out, and it's all built up, and I just have to get the permanent crown put on. So that'll be in the next week or so. It has to heal a little bit before I go back, but I can't wait too long, or the actual roots will start to heal back in. See, from from what you told us about how how deep the hole is in your mouth, I had to assume where, where the how deep the hole where the roots go. Or, <laughs> It goes uh, up. It's near my brain at this point. Right. I just have to assume like they should have like put in some like, scarves down there so you can just <laughs> in a case Start, of emergency. That's where my cyanide capsules are now stored. Oh, you you keep them there. All right. <laughs> uh, Brittany. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our my my stuff was just baby stuff <laughs> it's, it's all boring but uh you know he's I, you say boring there is life gestating <laughs> i'm growing it's a human it's, it's, it's finding it's, a way oh wow that's okay uh <laughs> really someone looks down on the gold bloom 
<laughs> no, I was just, I was surprised you worked that in there, but then I was like, you know, I shouldn't be. Um, yeah, we were just, uh, we've been prepping the apartment and, I don't know, life for <laughs> for the baby. I don't know, I don't see nearly enough, like, rounded edges. Well, he's going to be a minute before he can oh, be out and about. Plan is to be out I don't know, that I'm looking yeah. at Chris right now going, he's going to be pretty big, he may be able to, like, <laughs> just walk right out the gate. You know, I am just a little concerned about how tall he may end up being, actually. So, I have, I have a feeling it's going to be like, if anyone saw that episode of How I Met Your Mother, when, uh... Oh, they the Ericsson. They take Lily over to meet all of the Ericsson clan, <laughs> and they're talking about how big they were when they were born. Like he was a twenty pounds. Or he was a twenty-pound baby. Yeah, <laughs> she's it's, like, her eyes go wide, and it shows them doing their weird uh, things before they're going to try and conceive to ensure whichever gender. And he's Erickson. in. He's in the bathroom. Like, what is it? He plunges uh, his crotch into a thing Forget of like. Ice. Um, ice while eating like herrings yeah, or something. Yeah, and <laughs> scream Erickson. It shows her in the bedroom doing whatever it was to make a girl, and she's she's doing her best to to she's eating lemons, which as they put in, as his father said, was baby was male baby poison. Yeah, <laughs> and she goes lemons, <laughs> Lily. Oh my god! But she's in there doing that, and then you just hear from the shears from the bathroom. Erickson! <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that that is what I think of every time thinking about how big he could possibly be. It's just I wasn't a large child. I don't think I, that runs. I wasn't either. My dad was, but I don't I think it'll be fine. Like that's genetics are weird, but they don't go crazy, you know. I mean, well, they kind of do. That's what evolution's all about. Well, uh, takes after me then he's just going to be a little ewok when he falls out and i am concerned about yep, that wait wait till wait till puberty and then suddenly he shoots up two feet overnight and everyone's like oh <laughs> didn't your pants fit yesterday yeah pretty much it's like all of your jeans became jean shorts <laughs> oh jorts. Uh, uh but yeah i was going to say there's some word for that <laughs> but i'm not hip enough to know what it is oh no no you have heard it on queer eye <laughs> let's be serious okay probably that's if there was anywhere i heard it <laughs> yeah uh, but you know, I just yeah, he's he's been kicking around in there, and it's been he, we haven't seen the movement yet, but it's it's been happening, and like today he's been getting nonstop. So just picturing like the the alien kind of like yeah. No, actually, I was gonna picture like I like to imagine it's Titanic, and like the the single hand comes up onto the <laughs> the edge of your stomach and just rolls down. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really disturbing when I when I Super, say yeah. it, but it's, it's not, you know, it's never not disturbing. My it, brain's just kind of messed up. She likes to play with his feet because she you can, can feel, feel them right over here. Because he's still laying like this, as opposed he's to not, like horizontal. He's not yeah. turned. He's not turned to the ready position. So. He's your child. How is he not turned? <laughs> Give him time. <laughs> I had to work that in. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's weird because you can tell like the different spots that he's hanging out in. I don't know. This whole thing, the whole thing's weird. Like we're just approaching it as just like this is fascinating. <laughs> you need to record data. <laughs> don't worry, you'll forget all of the pain because that's how pregnancy works. Right, because then you, otherwise you can't have any more. <laughs> yeah, the the, the the apparently the human brain goes, oh no no no, we're blacking all that out. Why? The species needs to continue. <laughs> yeah. you need to have another one. Ah. All right. Um, but I yeah, have, I think that's it for uh, for what we've been. Uh, I would say I have I have less exciting news, I guess, oh, than gestating than gestating a human being. <laughs> uh, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. Uh, I uh, I got a switch. 
super jealous. Peanut uh, butter and jealous. Yeah, no, I uh, I broke down and bought it. I, I honestly I didn't realize Pokemon was coming out as soon as next year. Uh, <laughs> I thought I had another year to save up money. I did not. I've been trying, doing my best, and I was like, no, it's fine. Breath of the Wild can't be all, all that good a game. It is. I bought it with the game. <laughs> I bought it with the system. It's it's so good. Between that and, and Mario Odyssey. Also I, bought. Like, well, yeah, you, you ha- what are you doing? Like, you, you have to. Uh, I was listening to, I guess it was on the instance. They were talking about, like, how a lot of people have this, like, a lot of PC gamers oh, have the Switch. Oh, it's a PC, and they have a Nintendo, yeah. And uh, as their other, and I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. That's... That feels like like oh, what what are the exclusive things I care? Yeah, like you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, that's fine. I don't need those. But there's a Zelda game you don't pl- you haven't played. All right, fair enough. <laughs> fine. Uh, but uh, I've been playing uh, I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild. I haven't got to Odyssey yet. Uh, but that looks like so much fun. After watching Day Nine play that, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I don't know. The first time I picked up uh, picked up a Zelda game where Link can climb on basically anything i went oh oh the world is right <laughs> so you know it's 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 pretty fun uh but yeah that's 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 been about it like it's it's the biggest biggest news i have i guess i'm boring <laughs> and my most exciting news is i i blew money on a uh if we bought one we would be doing the same thing yeah <laughs> like, no, i, I want to switch badly yeah it's yeah it feels good to be able to play a console that I can also take to the bathroom. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's like why I don't have to stop anymore. I'm just like, all right, it's time to poop. Also, but I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get that heart. The D brand skins for the Switch also look sick as hell. BT dubs. You know they've they've been talking about you know they announced Diablo for the Switch. I'm probably gonna buy that. I've never played Diablo, so I don't. Oh, I bought I don't know. Diablo when. Did they did Diablo two on the N sixty four, didn't they? Or was that just no? No, I don't they just that did Starcraft. Because I don't think any of the Diablo stuff was ever on a console. But well, yeah, it was on uh, the Diablo three they released previously on the the PS four. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, which my roommate had. We played. I, I you know, I like Diablo more on a console than I like it on a PC. The, it seems like a console a, kind of game. Button pressing on a controller feels more right than just clicking a button constantly. I got mm-hmm. my mouse. That that just seems tedious and occasionally going, I'll hit this. But if I'm going to spam stuff, it yeah. doesn't feel... My, my index finger does not bring me joy. My thumb does. Wait, that sounds... <laughs> you know, let's just move on. Uh, I think we have some announcements. Yes. Uh, so our next episode is actually going to be... Uh, live Saturday, September 22nd. At slash tomorrow. <laughs> slash tomorrow. Uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to be talking about cores. Oktoberfest weekend, we will be talking about cores. No, this <laughs> doing the research for this episode has been very enlightening. How much is Bob Seger mentioned? None. <laughs> but the cores family has had a pretty messed up, hmm. uh, messed up ride. I just want to know more about the Silver Bullet Band. Did you just sub? <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> Seven. Nice. All right. Uh, yes. So uh, the twenty-second at nine. If you want to catch it here, also that will just be next week. Uh, that'll hopefully be 
a more rousing episode than I'm like, I'm thinking like, you know, post napping from Oktoberfest. And oh yeah, like, we'll have hours. It'll yeah. be, we'll, we'll, we'll be, be juiced. We'll get some caffeine. It'll be, yeah. it'll we'll, be fine. It'll we'll be, be fine. We'll be OJ Simpson? No. <laughs> I would say I'm, I'm not in the mood to kill people. Yet. Uh, okay, next announcement. Of course, we're going to keep harping this a bit, but... Uh, Drinktacular! <laughs> um, so this is February 22nd to the 24th, Asheville, North Carolina. And uh, if you want to become a patron to help out the show, you can get updates on this event. Um, and everyone can get updates by going to the website, and there's just a whole page that says Drinktacular. So as more things come on, we are going to post them there, but for, there's going to be a ton of brewery tours and just hanging out. Uh, there will be possibly small a small ticket, but that's just if you want to go on a few of the tours. Some of the uh, tours are paid. You yeah. can still, yeah, you got to pay money for some of the like, will, real behind-the-scenes tours that we're yeah. going to try and set up. And that way we can actually get them booked. Yeah, and mm. we've got to book all that in advance. But either way, if not everyone comes, then we're just going to eat the cost on whatever it is, but we want you all to have the option to be there. Yes. Mm-hmm. I wish I could. Um, <laughs> yeah, someone's gonna be staying home because, because newborn. Child. Yeah, can't really can't really travel with a month old. I'm can't gonna you? be so jealous though if there's like any snow on the ground because it's gonna be so pretty there. Oh yeah, again we're gonna oh. February in Asheville, North Carolina, like deep in the Smoky Mountains. You better get some it's good pictures. Going <laughs> to be gorgeous if we get light snow. Uh, there is the danger that we could all get snowed in for the weekend. Mm. Snow you in. Do it, snowman. Anyway, so uh, last announcement is <laughs> uh, we haven't talked about this for a minute, but basically um, we want to remind everyone, and of course this is going to be hammered really hard during um, the New Year's Eve stream, but the uh, Extra Life campaign for the Children's Miracle Network is still going. Uh, if you want to head over to twitch.tv slash have a drink show, uh, if you're not you know already watching us live, um, our link for our page that helps the Diamond Club group is on there and um it's at the bottom below yeah. the below it's where the all yeah all of our other social links and all that business is on twitch um so we, we we're trying to help the diamond club reach its goal which i believe is five thousand five thousand dollars okay and our uh our, our contribution pay- is hoping to be a thousand yeah our, our page is pretty decent so far we're, we're so not that it's a competition no. but if you are to go and click the link i think it'll take you to the diamond club like the, our overall campaign, what we're raising, and I think if you do that, you'll see that Have a Drink is kind of in the lead on contributions at this point. Mm. Let's, let's everyone get some contributions rolling, but let's keep Have a Drink at the top <laughs> of that list. We're number one. Hello, fellow humans. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that does it for announcements this time. Um, of course, you know, again, the Extra Life thing will be. Uh, we're going to be talking about that more and more as uh, we get closer to the New Year's Eve stream because that's going to be a thing that we're going to help with again for Diamond Club this year. We don't have, uh, we do have some news, but it's not we all have. great. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is with a heavy heart that I bring you this news. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey has been discontinued. The poor thing was aged only six years. So young. But it died so that more of a ten year can live. Even with this ray of light, it is still solemn news for this affordable and flavorful whiskey. Yes, so, uh, 
Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond has been discontinued to the point that even here in the great state of Kentucky, we cannot find the Bottled and Bond, so I had to settle for the regular Heaven Hill Old Style Bourbon aged six years. Uh, it's a sub-$20 bourbon. Still, it'll get the job done. It's it's no Bottled and Bond. You're dropping below your 100 proof. I say, does it taste like a sub-$20 bourbon? <laughs> Nineteen ninety-five bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that said, it is. Uh, I've been ruined, ruined on anything under a hundred proof anymore. So yeah. yeah, we have several people who keep uh, keep us flooded and flush with very good whiskeys. So something uh, sub proof kind of stands out on the palate now. Yeah. Still has some flavor to it. It's fine. Does, it's but. fine. Uh, again, you could sip that. That's probably better to mix with, though. So I would, I would I would not be mad if someone mixed with that. If someone mixed with a bottle and bond, I may go start, you know, an yeah. eyebrow will be raised. Yes, very much so. So, uh, our actual news that we need to be discussing, and I should have checked to see if this was out. So, this past Monday, uh, a documentary was supposed to have been released. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, so, the, the headline for this Forbes article is, See How This Fungus Helped Scientists Make Beer's biggest discovery in 135 years. Wait, mushrooms are helping us discover beer? No. Oh. <laughs> so the biggest beer discovery in more than a century is about to reemerge as a central topic of brewing uh, a brewing circle conversations. Eight years after an Argentinian microbiologist found a seminal yeast in the jungles of Patagonia, Heineken and National Geographic are releasing a short documentary. This was this past Monday to chronicle the journey that led Diego Libkind to find the yeast strain, uh, he and some of his colleagues determined to be the missing parent of lager yeast. Okay, here's my question. Lager yeast started in Germany. Well, I mean, it kind of started everywhere. Well, lagering as we know it began in Germany, as far as I know. Yes, well, the style. Yeah. But... How did they find this yeast in Patagonia? It's just naturally occurring in nature. I mean, it's oh, just a... okay, okay. I mean, yeasts are everywhere. Okay, uh, so, I'm just trying to, fi trying to put things together. I'm not smart. It's just where this strain has managed to survive. Hmm. I guess uh, in its... the jungles, it's been rather... Uh... In the jungles, it has no natural predator. Exactly. There's no one there to drink it. <laughs> so, we already had hundreds of options uh, of the ale yeast, but a limited number of strains from lager yeast. Uh, now we have hundreds of new hybrids. That means hundreds of new flavors. Mm. While Heineken Flavor owns... Country. Yeah. Heineken owns the exclusive rights to use the Argentinian Saccharomyces... You, we talked about this one before. Eubanias yeast? Oh. Saccharomyces... Yeah, Saccharomyces Eubanias... <laughs> Close uh, enough. Yeah. Sure. That'll fly. And share it with craft breweries that produce fewer than 34,000 barrels per year. Uh, remember, one barrel equals 31 gallons of beer. So basically, they're selling it with anyone one. who's not a direct competitor. Mm. <laughs> one serving of beer is 31 gallons, right? Sure, sure. Uh, the yeast has since been found in uh, the Blue Ridge and Himalayan Mountains, with scientists expecting to find even more in cold-weather mountain ranges around the world. Those are two very different mountain ranges. Yes. Uh, Heineken master brewer uh, Wilhelm von Wasserberg. 
Frost's uh, not going to work here anymore. Says he hopes to use the discovery to highlight the critical role of yeast in a beer's aroma and flavor profiles. In 2017, Heineken released the first commercial brew to use the yeast called H41. Oh, catchy. Yes, uh, <laughs> after the latitude, which was discovered while... Oh. Okay, well, I oh. feel like more of a jerk now. <laughs> while most lagers display a rather limited clean fermentation profile, uh, think about, you know, regular Heineken, Pabst Blue Ribbon, or Corona, the H41, which is available in New York City, Miami, Los Angeles, and abroad... Boasts ale-like scents and flavors of clove. It took Van Vossberg uh, many tries to coax the wild yeast into digesting sugars. <coughs> it had never tasted before. Sorry, that just sounds like him standing in front of a vat going... Come on, boy. Come here. Here, here little yeasty. Oh, I, I love just the mental image you get. He tried to coax it into digesting these sugars. And it's like, I don't want to. Or, or he's like... Here comes the sugar plane. <laughs> uh, ultimately, he had to boost the alcohol content by concentrating several batches of wort to compensate for the untrained yeast's ability to produce the 5.3% alcohol by volume that, that he desired. That usually helps me eat things. I'm not used Pretty to it. Pretty much, yeah. you got to up that ABV and you'll get me to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we used the regular Heineken recipe because we wanted to show that when you change the yeast, everything changes. Has it become good? <clears throat> ah, Heineken's not terrible. The yeast <laughs> makes a very clove-like taste, which you immediately notice when you smell it, because it can eat all the sugars it has, far, uh, because it has far more sweetness in it uh, than they initially got a 3.5% low ABV out of it. So, <clears throat> beers fall into two categories, ales and lagers. Ale yeast ferments at warm temperatures uh, near the surface of the brew. Lager yeast ferments cooler down at the bottom of the liquid ho holding vessel. While European brewers <clears throat> had been brewing lagers for hundreds of years without un without understanding the process in 1883, scientists... I'm pretty sure we talked about all this before, right? Like well... It, in our, like, one of our first episodes, like, yes, we talked but... <laughs> about talked about lagers. You can go... Go to yes. the logger episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's when we talk about magic wands and exactly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You 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 wave the you know, you you mix it with the the, the same stick because it just happens to have the yeast and you don't know what you're doing. Anyway, uh, we back to present day or <laughs> close to present day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so the yeast was being collected in a national park. You shouldn't do that. Uh, that's removing organic material from a national park. They probably had a permit. Shouldn't be, shouldn't be doing that. And there are some types of mushrooms growing on those trees, and one of them fell on the ground, and he smelled alcohol. In his lab, he discovered uh, this is the long-lost mother of lager yeast. Um, so that's coming from the documentary where they're pulling a lot of these, and from Twitter. Like I gotta say, I, I like this website's yeah, it's a, to Twitter. It's really, yeah, apparently there's a new new way to to I guess annotate tweets. That was not a sentence I ever thought I was going to be saying <laughs> in my entire life. Though Heineken hired National Geographic to produce the branded content, uh, Brendan Ripp, e executive vice president of sales and partnership at the media conglomerate, says the narrative shows uh, symbiosis with its own mission to promote environmental appreciation and conservation. Uh, there was a real story to tell. When you can find a like-minded partner with a story that's so good that Nat Geo consumers, I hate saying Nat Geo, uh, 
appreciate appreciate it as much as uh, the content we already produce on the editorial side of the house. That's the branded content home run. Anyway, yeah. That's, that's a buzzworthy. buzzworthy. We'll, we'll skip past them all blowing each other for a minute <laughs> and uh, talk about what's really cool. And I wish we'd been able to get around here is the fact that to, they're wanting to show off what difference this makes. When they took the Heineken recipe and all they changed was the yeast. So everything else was the exact same. And they're going to show you, they're like, no, this is going to, sh- you can do the beers back to back and see exactly what the yeast does. Like when you drop the ale yeast for a lager yeast, but everything else is the same. I would. Have, that's something that really kind of like beer nerds me out. I'm like, I want to do this really I'm, bad. Uh, yeah, I'm intrigued by it, especially the clove taste. Like that sounds really interesting. I would have to to actually buy an a, a straight regular Heineken because I haven't had one in ten, ten years. Been a long time. Uh, it's not. I've. It's you know. It's, good the problem with well and i i think the 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 thing you need to do is get a can because the problem is you always want to you always see heineken in the green bottles and that's part of the problem like but if you get a can of heineken it'll probably be a little bit better of a taste it's just it's just a beer you can just go out somewhere and get a draft yeah that's are fine but uh, yeah i'm just saying kegs are like big cans i'm just saying don't like like avoid the green bottles i don't know where the north american keg like they come from different places so most of the bottles are actually imported, yeah. but then the keg stuff is going to come from Mexico or something like that. Yeah, it's just, I remember Heineken in my early days of drinking, and just like, y- you know what? Someone else can have rat piss. <laughs> it's not the worst I've had because I've had Budweiser Select. So, Fair. <laughs> it's, you know, it it's still decent. I've had, <laughs> I've had a limerita. I've had worse. Have you had no had Casey's, Casey's the one who went through the uh, Bud Light Clamato. Oh, oh. yeah, travesty. Uh. Oh, let's not make those noises this weekend. Okay. <laughs> All right, let, let's move on to something There's that no is way to avoid quite them. a bit tastier uh, in our topic. Been up that truck, seeking bastards. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. I don't know. We've been drinking since like one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's been spaced out. I mean, we're doing we're doing good. Not gonna be like tomorrow. So this is uh, barley <laughs> wine take two. <laughs> yeah, we had some issues the first one, but we're gonna we're gonna dive back in. We're gonna talk about talk about barley wine. Start off with I've got just just some rundown of the American barley wine. Despite its name, a barley wine or yeah, you know, however you want to do it, space or no space. Oh yeah, I just uh, keep, I naturally it, keep doing it without the space. So. Uh, I I started doing that, and then I realized like eh, it keeps auto correcting me. I'm just going to type it into to oh, two different. Okay. But uh, anyway, barley wine is very much a beer, uh, albeit a strong and often intense beer. Mm. It's not. In, <laughs> it's like it's teepee. It's a wigwam. It's a teepee. It's a wigwam. <laughs> too tense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Now, ancient jokes aside, in fact, it is one of the s- strongest styles. Lively and fruity, sometimes sweet, sometimes bittersweet, but always alcoholic. A brew uh, of this strength and complexity can be a challenge to the palate. Expect anything from an amber to a dark brown color. That is... That's a range. Uh, with aromas ranging from rich fruits to bold hops. Uh, the body is typically thick... 
uh, with the alcohol will be definitely uh, perceived. Thick with two C's. <laughs> yep. Uh, and the flavors range from dom- dominant dark fruits to palate-smacking resiny hops. Mm. I don't think I've ever had that that hobby of a barley oh, wine I've before. Oh, I've had some that were kind of off-puttingly hoppy. Oh, well. Okay. I'm not, I'm not big on a giant hoppy barley wine. Yeah. I like them big and malty. Well, the English varieties are quite often quite different from American efforts, uh, which are often heavily hopped with a uh, high alpha oil American hops to create a more bitter brew. English versions tend to be more rounded and balanced and have a slightly lower alcohol content, though not always. Most barley wines can be cellared for years and will age much like wine, which means at a certain tipping point you're going to get vinegar, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, if you but say it might it's be like, delicious vinegar. We don't. If it know. turns out like wine, then you you've got a diminishing returns. I was about to say delicious vinegar. I was like, mm, wait, barbecue. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a, I, I'm about some vinegar. So like I love the. So can we just try and ferment balsamic. a bottle of like barbecue sauce? And then oh, that's a good. Yeah, one. no, let's go. <laughs> let's Game do this. on. <laughs> Game on. Or or for we we super age a bottle of barley wine. And then make barbecue sauce with it. We'll make it by the time Emmett is 21. <laughs> Super aged. Uh, well, a variation of the barley wine style uh, involves adding a large quantity of wheat to the mash bill, resulting in what is somewhat referred to as wheat wine. This style originated in the U.S. in the 1980s. Sierra Nevada has an amazing one. Hmm. Uh, if you go to the uh, North Carolina Sierra Nevada uh, facility, they give it to you on their tour, and they don't sell it anywhere else, and they're monsters because of it. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh. That's like that one that we it's had. It's like at, two notches uh, below yeah. El Coco. Oh. Ooh. Are you talking about the, um, that we had at New Belgium out in Fort Collins? Uh, yeah. The, because uh, we only had it there. Because it, they, it, we just lucked into that was also bottle release year, which I guess is why they gave us the taste. Right. But it's only released every four years in bottles. And so now we're two years out. we got to wait another two years before there's a bottle release for that again. Yeah. Also, wheat, wheat, wine. Okay. I think, no, that was the beer also I used to get Eric into sours. Mm. It was delicious. Mm. Well... So as far as barley wines go, they have a history that can be difficult to pin down. We could start in ancient Armenia, a style of fermented grain beverage which was referred to as Kirthos Onios. So I'm going to go with that because there's a lot of uh, weird letters that we don't use in our alphabet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty Slavic looking. We need a... Well, this is the greek, greek. uh oh. so we need like a greek board of just like oh, yeah. here's what this is. i was gonna say there's there's some omegas in oh, there yeah. there's some some c's with the little french accent underneath i don't know what they're called <laughs> I but i know them from france <laughs> i'm looking and just confused yeah. yeah uh anyway barley wine uh as it could also be called uh, by the greek historian xenophon i could Talk a l- I could talk a lot about Xenophon. But anyway, uh, he mentioned to have experienced it while being in Armenia uh, in his work uh, Anabysis uh, and Polybius uh, in his work The Histories. Polybius, a different historian, not hmm. Xenophon. Uh, I've got the other histories right here. 
Hmm? Oh, yeah, no. Herodotus. The histories from Herodotus. The, yeah. the great liar. Look, Herodotus has a lot of great stories. Whether they're true or not, yeah. it's not important. <laughs> um, they're entertaining, nonetheless. Uh, the barley wines would be dissimilar to uh, these barley wines would be dissimilar to modern examples as their uh, mention predates the use of hops, mm. which is a key ingredient in modern barley wines. Uh, it, it predates them by several centuries. Uh, however, modern form is still one of the oldest styles of beer, and its roots can be traced back to the 15th and 16th centuries uh, in England. A strong ale style, uh, uh, when and the strong ale styles that are prevalent then. Some nobles looking for a strong, tasty alternative to wine for their drink of choice, and I can't blame them. Uh, they they decided to talk, uh, well, as marketing, I guess, sort of for them, uh, they called it barley wine. Uh, and that term came in the 18th century, uh, trying to sway wine drinkers to. Yeah, he's going to move fold. those wine people over. I mean, really, you just have to show them the light to show them. It's, it's the eternal struggle between uh, liquor, liquor and wine and beer, beer, beer and wine and spirits. The yeah. three, the three will always be in conflict. Very much so. At least according to ABM Bev, who says, "No, no, we got to unite all under one banner. So let us buy everyone, and it'll be all beer. That'll all be Anheuser Busch versus wine and spirits." Because we've we've stopped drinking beer voluntarily many times as a people, not as a individual. Anyway, however, uh, for something more closely resembling our understanding of barley wine, we need to look back to the 19th century. In England, uh, they used the party guile. Party guile? Yeah, that's what I'm going. Uh, that's that's the best I can guess. Uh, party guile method to produce barley wines. Uh, Party guile is a method whereby successive runnings from grist are separated uh, are made into separate beers. The initial one being the strongest. Uh, the this hodgepodge had an assortment of names, uh, with the strongest going by names such as stock for blending, old for well aged, and uh, or strong ale. With brewing innovations in the early 19th century, brewers moved away from the party guile uh, brewing and towards sparged math and sparged mashes and single purpose grist. It's a harder sentence to say than you would think. Especially after uh, some whiskey and a cup of few beers. Look. <laughs> it's hard to say sober probably. There's a lot of S's, a lot mm. of Anyway, English brewers had by then perfected brews made primarily from high quality pale malts. Uh Pale ales and bitters were the most common, but strong beers were often included in their portfolio. Barley wines uh, being really just strong versions of pale ales and bitters in a lot of ways. Hmm. Uh, London and Burton were famous for their pale ales. Uh, I, I, I know someone named Burton. I'm just like, really? He made pale ales? <laughs> uh, but they were also famous for their strong brews. Records in the mid-19th century... Uh, specify brews with original gravities identical to barley, modern barley wines. Uh, there was a difference, however. London's were less hopped, uh, attenuated more, and were not generally dry hopped. Burton's were more heavily hopped, attenuated less, and always dry hopped. Uh, well, and always dry hopped rather abundantly. Uh, based on this, it's easy to see that strong ales of Burton are the antecedents of today's barley wines. In fact, the most famous Burton brewer, Bass, Launched the first, 
or bass. Bass. It's probably bass. It's bass. It's bass. <laughs> I'm just laughing as I was like, I mean, spelling wise, we could go any either way. They really need to distinguish that in the English language, among other things. Probably. Uh, Our language is terrible. <laughs> we speak filthy common. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to avoid the fantasy book jokes. Uh, anyway, Bass launched their first beer commercially designated as a barley wine in 1903 as the Bass Number no. 1 barley wine. Although Wikipedia says 1870 for some reason. There's a lot of confusing research. Uh, many uh, British brewers followed suit, going so far as to mimic the Number no. 1 label, which is actually a pretty cool looking label. There's like a dude and some I can't picture it for some birds. reason. Oh yeah, no, I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, so today, English barley wines are not prevalent. However, the uh, C-A-M-M-R-A, or Camera, <laughs> the Campaign for Real Ale. Camera, however, sounds like a uh, a, uh, a Godzilla opponent. Yeah. Camera. That's fair. We've talked about the Campaign for Real Ale before. What episode did yeah. that kick up? Oh, God, I don't know. Does anyone remember? Long ago. That was, yeah, that was... It was a good minute ago. Ales, which was an ill-conceived, we had too much to talk about episode. Yeah. <laughs> was it that or the logger? I mean, it was Ales. It's probably, yeah. Uh, either way, uh, the, the camera campaign has ensured that enough interest to keep the style alive and coveted for the past 30-odd years. However, American breweries have more than taken up the slack with Verve, and uh, with the Verve and independence that has defined the microbrew revolution in the U.S. So we're going to talk about our old friend, <laughs> Fritz Maytag. Ah, oh, Fritz. We, good, o- good old Fritz. Uh, we extensively covered Fritz Maytag's uh, brewing life, if you want to check out that episode where we talked about uh, Anchor. Anchor Brewing Company, and mm-hmm. uh, we also did, because it was a split episode, we also talked about Steam Beer or the California Common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Fritz Maytag features heavily in that episode, and you will be very surprised, because yes, he is of... That Maytag. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, the Anchor Brewing, uh, when Fritz Maytag bought the Anchor Brewing Company uh, back in 1965... Uh, the essentially closing brand, uh, it started the rebirth rebirth of craft beer in America. Uh, In 1975, Maytag introduced Anchor's old Foghorn Barley Wine. (sighs) 75. Foghorn Leghorn was a thing then. I feel like they should have... I say say they should have... You know, ships and nautical and... I've never had that one either. It's always the one you see everywhere, you know? Is it? I see it. It's on a single shelf. Around here, I don't see it a whole lot. That huh. I notice, oh. but I our, our 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 create your own six pack area does has a lot of diversity, but the things you would expect to be there aren't always. Mm. Well, they have this in, this in four packs too. But either way, yeah, I just never had it. Anyway, it, uh, that was America's first. However, uh, still one of the more uh, it's still one of the more popular ones. Forty some years later, which is. Good job. Really depressing <laughs> when you start doing the math on that. I was like, no, that's like 30 years, right? There's no way that was... Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my <laughs> old friend. Um, okay, Job. I've made a huge mistake. Anyway, it has still, still has much in common with its English forebears uh, that is a more full-bodied and fruity and less, ex- less aggressively hopped uh, than many of its American counterparts. 
However, there the ubiquitous American barley wine covers a large, large spectrum of interpretations. So there's something for everybody, especially hopheads. Hmm. All right, uh, let's dig into a little, not really specifics here, but we're going to talk about what uh, barley wine is supposed to be when we get into the BJCP guides for this. That's the Beer Judge Certification Program. The so, guidelines for all things beer. This is what everything's judged on. If Say you happen to be at GABF this weekend, like, <laughs> like Casey. Like some people who remain named Casey. Who, who have already been texting us, oh, here's the beer list for New Holland, and they brought nothing but dragon's milk, and it's all amazing variants. Yeah. It's going to be drunk for two days. <laughs> yeah, he has... Uh, and then two further days after the conference he has, ends. He has, two, uh, he has a ticket to two sessions. Oh so God. he's he's, he's got around. he's got two tickets to paradise. He does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, according to BJCP, barley wine is under category 19 for strong ale. Uh, the guidelines that has three subcategories: so old ale, English barley wine, and American barley wine. So we'll start this off. 19A is old ale. Your overall impression: uh, an ale significant alcohol strength. Bigger than strong bitters and brown porters, though usually not as strong or rich as barley wine, uh, usually titled uh, tilted tilted toward a sweeter, maltier balance. It should be a warming beer of the type that is best drunk in half pints by a warm fire on a cold winter's night. I was like, can you just picture that? It's yeah, like, that, uh, that just it. drift off to that one. <laughs> Put a, a nice uh, like fleece blanket on you, and you're just like, hmm. It's too good of a phrase. Who said that? Uh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> no, no. We, we've discussed this before. Beer reviewer, renowned in the industry, Michael Jackson. Uh, look, Not... people have multiple facets. Are we sure? We we are very sure, considering the other one is dead. And this Michael Jackson is still alive. Yes. Oh. So your comments. Uh, strength and character should vary wildly. It fits in the style space between normal gravity beers, uh, strong bitters, brown porters, and barley wines. Uh, can include winter warmers, strong dark milds, strong and perhaps darker bitters, uh, blended strong beers, stock ale blended with a milder bitter, and lower gravity versions of English barley wines. Okay, I understand what... Okay, I vaguely understand what gravity means in beer. However, every time I hear it, I'm just picturing beer that's made on, like, Pluto. <laughs> like, oh, look beer how just, light it is. The, 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 oh, like, yeah. the liquid floating up in the... Defies yeah. all the laws. Uh, many English examples, particularly winter warmers, are lower than 6% ABV. Your commercial examples of this category are going to be Young's Winter Warmer. Mm. Uh, Samuel Smith's Winter Welcome. Mm. Great Divides Hibernation Ale. Founders curmudgeon oh, oh yeah <laughs> and everyone everyone keep keep your eyes up because it's hitting shelves right now for uh curmudgeon's better, better half, half. <laughs> may have hit and is already gone maple barrel aged oh. old ale oh oh all right and uh avery you can get old jubilation i don't know if i've had old jubilation but i want to try good. it i have it's really good no we did it at uh beers giving so you had it oh, a few years well, ago. That was a that was an evening. That was a lot of beer. It was a long time ago, and I was drunk. Fair, fair enough. 
the story so, of Bob. The story of Bob's life. It's a long time ago. <laughs> it's a lot of beer, and I was drunk. Hello, darkness, that's, that's my the, old that's, I need a shirt. Justin Fraser, colon. This, 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 it's the, gonna the, go the, on my tombstone. It's a long time ago. <laughs> I was drunk. And it was a lot of beer. <laughs> All right, category nineteen B: the English barley wine. So your appearance uh, color may range from rich gold to very dark amber or even dark brown. Often it has ruby highlights, but should not be opaque. Low to moderate off-white head may have low head retention. May be cloudy with chill haze at cooler temperatures, but generally clears to good to brilliant clarity as it warms. What's the chance of meatballs? Uh, about 40%. Okay. The color may appear to have great depth as if viewed through a thick glass lens. Your flavors here are going to be strong, intense, complex, multi-layered uh, malt flavorings ranging from bready and biscuity, though nutty, uh, deep toast, dark caramel, toffee and or molasses, moderate to high malty sweetness on the palate, although the finish may be moderately sweet to moderately dry, uh, depending on any aging. Some oxidative... I'm doing it again. Oxidative. Some oxidative or uh, venous flavors may be present, and often complex alcohol flavors should be evident. Alcohol flavors shouldn't be harsh, though, uh, hot or solventy. Moderate to fairly high fruitiness, uh, often with dried fruit character. Uh, hot bitterness may range from just enough for some balance to a firm presence. Uh, balance, therefore, ranges from malty to somewhat bitter. Low to moderately high hop flavor, uh, that's usually in UK varieties. Low to no diacetyl. Oh, so we shouldn't have like a buttery... No. Buttery barley wine? You you should never have a buttery barley wine. What if I've just had popcorn? You may taste it, but it's not because of the barley wine. It's because of the popcorn. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Meatballs took it. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I was wondering I why she was that. booing as well. And I was yeah, like, I was like, I, I deserve that. I want to watch that movie. I just heard, like, I made that joke just just for Britney because I know she enjoys that movie. No, the sequel the is second where one it's is at. The, best the first one, I can take it or leave it, but the sequel is where it's, it's more it's more <laughs> puns than anyone can handle. It is all the food puns. It's so great. Ever, shrimp pansy. Yeah. There's they, a leak they, in they, the boat. There's a leak yeah. in the boat. They look over, and there's literally a leak standing there, and it screams. <laughs> That's okay. All right. Overall impressions, uh, the richest and strongest of the English ales. Strong like bull. Yes. A showcase of malty richness and complex, oh. intense flavors. The character of these ales can change significantly over time. Both young and old versions should be appreciated for what they are. The malt profile can vary wildly. Uh, not all examples will have all possible flavors and aroma. Keep that in mind. So some quick comments on this one. Although often a hoppy beer, the English barley wine places less emphasis on hop character than the American barley wine and features English hops. English versions uh, can be darker, maltier, fruitier, and feature a richer specialty malt flavor than American barley wines. Some commercial examples that you may have seen of this are going to be Fuller's Golden Pride, uh, Alesmith's Old Numbskull. Nope. Great name. Young's Old Nick. No, I love that name. Oh. Or the, uh... What is the? Whitbread? Whitbread. Whit. Whit. Whitbread gold label. And Weyabacher's uh, Blithering Idiot. 
I, no, I really love the name Young Old Nick. It messes me up, I think. <laughs> like, I'm just like, no. Young's, Young's Old, old Young's Nick. Old Nick. Just, I'm like, no. Stop right. Old Nick. Uh, let's finish off this category according to the BJCP, and it's going to be 19C, the American Barley Wine. USA. 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 <laughs> so your appearance, color may range from light amber to medium copper. May rarely be as dark as light brown. Uh, often has ruby highlights, moderately low to large, off-white, and light tan head. May have low head retention. May be cloudy with chill haze at cooler temperatures, but generally clears to a good, brilliant clarity as it warms. So your flavors here are going to be strong, intense. Uh, where have I read this before? It sounds familiar. I'm not sure. Strong, intense malt flavor with noticeable bitterness. Moderately low to moderately high, malty sweetness on the palate, although the finish may be somewhat sweet to quite dry, depending on any aging. Hot bitterness may range from moderately strong to aggressive, <laughs> while strongly malty. The balance should always seem bitter. <laughs> it's a weird goal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, isn't that what IPAs are all about? True. Mm. Uh, noticeable alcohol presence. Flavors will smooth out and decline over time, but any oxidized character should be muted and generally be masked by the hop character. I don't want to hear anything from them. Mute them. <laughs> uh, may have some bready or caramelly malt flavors, but these should not be high. Roasted or burnt malt flavors are inappropriate, and again, no, no diacetyl. Yeah, I no agree butter. with that. I agree with those last two sentences. <laughs> inappropriate. Just let, let's Stop just it. say diacetyl. Never, no. never. Stop I don't think it. there's any beer where where diacetyl should be detected, except what was it where they actually put it in? It's a uh, fat tire. Oh yeah. Well, and that. It's just so you it's know. It's not. A, it's not like overwhelming or anything there. Yeah. Uh, so your overall impressions, a well-hopped American interpretation of the richest and strongest of the English ales. The hop character should be evident throughout, but does not have to be unbalanced. The alcohol strength and hop bitterness often combine to leave a very long finish. That is true. It can be kind of heavy on the palate. Mm. Uh, the American versions of the barley wine tend to have greater emphasis on hop bitterness flavor and aroma than the english barley wine and often feature american hop varieties uh differs from an imperial ipa in that the hops are not extreme the malt is more forward and the body is richer and more characterful some commercial examples that you're going to have seen of this and these are the ones we all know yeah sierra nevada's bigfoot that sounds familiar <laughs> great divides old ruffian uh, Victory, I've not seen this, but I want to find it. Old, old Horizontal. That's a great name. Just because of the name. Yes, yeah. I want to find that. Uh, so, Rogue, uh, you have the Old Crustacean. Avery. <laughs> also like that name. Yeah. Avery has Hog Heaven Barley Wine. Bells has Third Coast Old Ale. Anchors, Old Foghorn, as we mentioned before. Three Floyd's Infamous Behemoth. Uh, Stones, Old Guardian, Lagunitas, Old Gnarly Wine, and Flying Dogs, Horn Dog. How does no one have one that's called, uh, which was it? Uh, how does Anchor not have one called uh, Away? How does Anchor not have a beer oh, titled Anchor's, Anchor's Away? Away. Oh. <sighs> that took longer than it should have, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm intrigued by the Flying Dog one just because we've, like had such good um experiences experience. yeah oh sorry do a little smelling a little of sniff. the cork 
<laughs> Cork doesn't smell good. It smells like cat litter. It smells like fingernail polish remover. Okay. Really making that sound good, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, while they're pouring, let's get into uh, the nature of brewing this kind of beer. Because um, it's definitely a little bit different than uh, your average beer. So it's a high gravity beer. And the issue with that, or considerations that you may want to, you know, have on hand, um, is is the time and effort to get into. So uh, it's going to be more time and more money. Uh, an all grain brewer will likely not be able to make the same volume as they commonly would. Hop utilization decreases as gravity increases. And you will have to pitch more yeast and coddle them more than you might for a lower gravity recipe. Just picturing someone, you know, some at the mound just... Whoo. Nope, they're in, the, they're in the slider yeast. We're never going to find it. Uh, specialty malts. So if you do venture into specialty malts for this, go sparingly. Uh, you want to keep any specialty additions lower than about 10 to 15% total. So as far as the flavor and color go, um, as in the in the malt area here, you're gonna go for the darker crystal malt. Um, you can add that at five to eight uh, percent to give nice color while adding elements of toast, caramel, and dried fruit flavors. For head retention, you're gonna want the wheat and carapils malts, um, and that's gonna help keep head retention. Then for the complexity, you've got. Victory, Munich, Biscuit, Special Roast, and among others can be used to actually help out broad, help broaden the complexity of this beer. Um, if using a high quality English base malt, and this, cause this is all for the, uh, the English barley wine, um, coupled with long boil times, none of these additions are truly necessary. Also, stay away from higher kilned malts that might bring inappropriate roastiness into the profile. Oh, yeah. You, you don't, as we mentioned earlier, no burnt. Yeah, yeah, you don't want that. Um, keeping with authentic ingredients, you'll want to go with British hops for the bittering and flavor aroma additions. So things like the Fuggles. I know <laughs> Sorry, this is the best, best best hop name ever. Uh, Fuggles, East Kent Goldings, North Down, Target, and Challenger are all pretty good options to go with. East Kent Goldings so is the most the, British-sounding yeah, thing. Definitely. Uh, so stick with high alpha hops for bittering, and pellets are what recommended on this one. Don't eat them. Yep. Nope. Don't eat them at all. Uh, <laughs> we learned that. Two of us. Two of us can uh, attest they're, what happens. They're, they're when, bad when you decide to just start gnawing on hot pellets. Yeah. They're they're delicious if you can overcome the fact that your entire mouth has become dry and will never become wet again. <laughs> No. Uh, even then, I was like, there's still a weird taste. They smell way better than they taste. Um, so, as far as uh, the pellets are concerned, so this is going to minimize hop mass in your kettle, which will reduce the amount of wort lost to trub. And if you brew, I'm sure that makes sense to you. I was going to say, um, <laughs> like, this is this is the bit Casey would normally have been doing. Yeah, so we apologize. <laughs> but Casey, as uh, previously mentioned, is a real son of a gun. <laughs> Indeed. At GABF. Uh, he's busy, yeah. Uh, so, and it's worth mentioning again that if you are using an extract, holding a portion of the extract in reserve until about 15 minutes before the end of the boil will increase hop utilization. 
Uh, there are several online hop utilization <laughs> so. calculators to help with hop quantity and hop utilization to gravity calculations. I'm just picturing them standing back going, hold, hold, <laughs> ha! Uh, dry hopping is often used in barley wines. And according to Ray Daniels in Designing Great Beers, which is probably a book we need to look for, um, <laughs> was even traditional. Casey was here, he'd go, I have that book. Yeah, he probably does. Uh, it seems more common in American barley wines today. If <laughs> Sorry, if, like the only book I've got with me is other, Tasting Beer. The other Bible that we have. Yes. Um, if dry hopping, you may want to leave out your kettle aroma addition. A general rule of thumb is to use around twice as much dry hopping in a barley wine as you would say a bitter or pale ale. In so, the chat, uh, Digital Haze, uh, the trub is the crap that uh, sinks to the bottom of your brew kettles. Ah, wow. good to know. Okay. Just thought we call that garbage. <laughs> like, <laughs> little little brewer knowledge bottom. in there since Casey's not around. Yeah. Um, so as far as the uh, um, the the hops, you want to go uh, two to five ounces on average. It says. Hmm. Uh, so a yeast that can handle this monster needs to be selected carefully. So, <laughs> yeah. Picturing like a wine cellar, we're like. Well, I believe this hops is very well for this time of year. I feel the the, the, the 43 is a good year. <laughs> I feel like no, you're trying to select the yeast. is what, Like, the yeast has to be a monster. So the, they're just, like, walking through an old dungeon, and they're giant yeast monsters. With a torch, and, you know. I was trying to find, like, a good pun, but I was like, uh, no. All I could think of was Beholder. <laughs> like, nah, yeah, that's pretty much what you'd need. You'd need to scrape a little off of Beholder. There's the yeast you need. Wow. All right, so first off... Old Beholder Barley Wine. Oh, damn it. Okay, that's, that's on our list. We need a shirt. Uh, okay, so it needs to be British yeast, again, because this is the English-style um, barley wine. Uh, look for one that attenuates above 70% and can handle 9 to 13% alcohol. If you use lower attenuating yeast or one that dies off in high alcohol, you'll end up with a sugar-heavy mess at the end of all your hard work. So this is very particular as far as brewing this goes. Sugar-heavy mess sounds great in cakes. Yeah, and everything else, actually. Just, just and not this. And deep-fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow. Soon. That's <laughs> when I go into full-blown diabetes, guys. Uh, so as far as the yeast goes, here are some strains to consider. Uh, so the dry yeast is going to be a Danstar Nottingham, second most British term in here. Uh <laughs> Why yeast? Um, going to go with London Ale or British Ale 2, Old Ale Blend, um, which that one is a new one to consider that contains a small amount of Brettanomyces, so that could be interesting. Um, and then uh, from White Labs, obviously, uh, Irish Ale or British Ale yeast. Honestly, at this point, what can't you find at White Labs? Seriously. So, yeah, that's another... Speaking of White Labs... Uh, we still have to figure out, but may maybe Asheville. They they have oh, yeah, a yeah. lab in Asheville. Gotcha. Is it what kind of lab is it? Brown. It's white. We Turquoise. An, can we do an episode on white labs? <laughs> like we need we to, probably should. We, that should happen. We need to probably discuss this with Casey. Yes. Yes. Someone who might know more than us. Oh yes, yes. please. <laughs> um, We're woefully ignorant. <laughs> so woefully uh, ignorant. Never mind. <laughs> pitching and fermentation temperature are both going to depend on what you want to get out of your yeast. So fermentation at higher temperature is going to create more fusel alcohol and esters. Uh, in my opinion, you don't want to, and this is the opinion of the writer, obviously, 
Uh, you don't want to ferment a too high of a temperature because a barley wine is bound to be one of the sweetest uh, on the sweet side anyway, and esters are perceived as a fruity sweetness. On the other hand, you do want some esters to add complexity to the character. Uh, pitch between 66 and 68 degrees Fahrenheit. He's back. Hmm. Uh, from here, you have some choices. You can let the temperature do its slow, natural rise of a few degrees as fermentation takes off, but try not to let it venture much higher than about 72 degrees Fahrenheit. If you have the ability, you can also maintain the pitch temperature, even drop it slightly after the first couple of days, to minimize the ester production with when fermentation is most active. After primary fermentation is complete, rack the beer into a secondary and leave it be for at least another month. So expect a long fermentation period. It's not unusual for the combination of primary and secondary fermentation to take two or more months. Man. It's going to be tucked away, bubbling in the corner forever. Man. Yeah. This is the problem with me and, like, the idea of trying to brew my own stuff. Instant gratification is what I want. Yeah. that's. I, I don't think I could. I don't have the patience for brewing, honestly. Well, Especially probably wine, apparently. I don't have the space. Part of me would like the actual beginning part and the timing part. I've done it with Casey before. It's really fun for that part. It's the waiting and watching a... a, a watching a jug with a balloon with a hole in it slowly explode and his wife give me a text several days later going what should I do Let's... clean yeah all right well uh, we have a nice listicle here from paste magazine which I mean we'll still always suggest everyone check out paste because yeah. it was founded by uh, Sam Calgioni hmm. of which Casey just texted is the one doing the pours at GABF for dogs. Holy Whatever. crap! I I hate this man. <laughs> he is my he is one of my very best friends, and I hate this man. All right, so down this list, uh, some of the wait, what is this list? Oh, sixty-two of the barley wines. Yeah. So this blind this, tasted and ranked. Yeah. So this page is actually just the top twenty-five because yeah. we didn't want to go in, like nuts on the list. So some of the best barley wines. Yeah. So let's do. Do we want to do 25, or do we want to start a little lower down? Let, let, let's choke the pick list. Some. Let's, let's see if there's anything that sounds familiar to us. Very uh, few, yeah. uh, I think, actually. Nope. I will the say, they keep showing one of the... There's the brewery. The brewery White Oak came in at number 24. Man, the brewery is a mainstay of my uh, my local liquor stores. Oh, uh, it's like, everywhere. They're yeah. nationwide, yeah. Well, no, but I mean, like, when, you, when I go to, like, their bomber selection, it's, it's like... I don't know, one third of the brewery. Yeah. And then, like, you can see those stuff labels on the other a, stuff. A mile well, away. all they do, yeah. like, all the brewery does is bombers. At least that's all that gets distributed to us. Right. I'm just saying, yeah. when I go try to find mm. something. That's a thing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, there's the brewery. They're, they're good. <laughs> when <but> in doubt, <laughs> you, have, you have that. It, yeah, it's kind of like, well, the label says the brewery. So you know, <laughs> you're just like, okay. Alright, so uh, another one knows here, the Vale Brewing Company, uh, Circle of Wolves, Bourbon Barrel, Aged oh, Barley Wine. Nice name. Uh, Drake's Brewing, Santa's Brass. Ah. <laughs> that's in at number Sorry. 17. Uh, Santa needs some, it, it's, it's for the underside of the carriage. It's it's brass, sleigh, whatever they call those things, right? I was yeah, picturing should, Santa sure, with the saxophone, sure. maybe, I don't know. <laughs> little, little, little Bill Clinton. <laughs> All right, uh, number 15, one of my favorite barley wines ever is Goose Island's Bourbon County Barley Wine. 
which was not released last year. I know. Oh, broke, broke. It, it's not my favorite of the Goose County or the Goose, Goose County. County. The Goose County. Good lord. Of the no, Bourbon let's County. just go with that now. <laughs> the Goose County. Uh, the Goose Bourbon, County. It's not my favorite of the Bourbon County um, variants, though. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I I went I went full uh, uh, Top Gun in my head when I heard Goose County, and I was like, man, they named it after he died. <laughs> Spoilers. On a if you said thirty County, year, I think anyone thirty would know. year thirty year old movie. Mm. So all right, uh, scooting under this list number thirteen, we have Jackie O's Cellar Cuvee Eleven. Jackie O's basic like the barrel aged stuff out of Jackie O's if it's not infected is absolutely astonishing. <laughs> Fingers and crossed. People trade across the country to get a hold of beer from and they're from Ohio, little Athens, Ohio <laughs> brewery. Which we are lucky enough to be drowning in their barrel aged stuff. We can try most of it that we want. Um, Scooting on down this list Fort George Brewery, 10th anniversary barley wine. That's out of Astoria, Oregon. Uh, anyone? Astoria, Oregon. What? No, what, what events have ever happened there? That name's familiar, but right off the top of my drunken head, I don't remember anything. <laughs> I got nothing. Goonies never say die. Oh, really? Look, Goonies gave me a night gave me nightmares at age five. I I have I have traumatic memories. Goonies of, is set in Astoria, Oregon. I, I know. I'm just saying Goonies has Goonies has a negative connotation in my brain. From mm. I can see right. that for some sloth parts of it. was not what a five year old was <laughs> ready for. Yeah. <laughs> I I I admit it it requires a rewatch. It does, yeah. but but five year old me just remembers Sloth giving him nightmares. That's fair. Sloth loves junk. I don't care what he loves. Is he almost disturbed? I got to watch that again over the past week. He like at the end of it, like Chunk decides they're adopting Sloth. He's like, "You're coming home to live with me now," and it's like, it's a fully grown man. <laughs> like I, I don't think that that's how this works. Yeah. Anyway, number 10. I uh, think Sloth gets to live wherever the heck Sloth wants to live. Sloth could just jump back on that pirate ship and live at sea. No one's really going to be able to stop him. So, all right, the Vale's brewing again, uh, Circle of Wolves. This is the Apple Brandy Barrel Age. We've had Appy, Apple Brandy Barrel... Appy. Appy yeah, Van Brandy. Appy <laughs> Van Brandy. Yes. Uh, Coming to you from DeLatter's Distilling. Again, been drinking for seven hours. Uh, apple brandy barrel aged. We had uh, what was it? We had a stout from Prairie a couple years ago. Oh, the al- yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good because they can't do any bad things. Pretty much <laughs> no. Uh, it depends. It, it it can be hit or miss on batches. Well, but for the but most overall, part, overall, overall, yeah. when I see Prairie, thumbs up. Uh, scooting on down this list, let's see. Uh, let's let, let's just break in here at number five, St. Earl Brewing's mm. Bishop's Barrel 18. That's out of Houston, Texas. Mm. Uh, number four, Fremont Brewing Company's Batch 2000. There's a lot of batches. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people like to do batch whatever for their barley wines. Uh, Sibago Batch Brewing, number one, <laughs> Bourbon Barrel Age Barley Wine, and Brew Gentleman Three. No. Or the third. I, w- I would say I, with I, I that, say you go third, with please. Brew Gentleman the Third. <laughs> Thank you very much. Played by David Ogden Stairs. So, number one, according to Pace, the number one barley wine that they taste tested. Uh, on a blind tasting. On a blind tasting was the Fremont Brewing Company's Batch 1000 out of Seattle, Washington, coming in at 13% ABV. It's over 900. 
It's at least over a thousand. Well, eight thousand. It's it's at eight thousand. It's 8, not even 000, over. It's the thousandth batch. Is it the thousand? What does that mean? I don't. It means like, nothing. No it's marketing. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Man, that's as I become older, I just go. What does it mean? It's marketing. It doesn't mean anything. Your life is a lie. <laughs> Uh, all right. What's not a lie is what we're drinking. Drink with me, friend. All right. So, uh, well, we did have the first go around. Uh, I think you can find <laughs> it up on Twitch if you can, like, struggle through that I, garbled audio. I'm sorry. There's, like, 12 of me speaking at all times. Look, he suddenly I opened, became... I opened, my, I opened my ninth mouth, and then I sung the song that ends the world. He did, and <laughs> it was... It was awful, so we had to redo it all. But uh, I'll go ahead and say what I was drinking the last episode, since we were all drinking the same thing. Well, not all, but the both of us. Three of us. Well, the two of us that can drink. Yes. Yeah. And the third of us that has no speaking parts. He doesn't have a microphone in front of him. I could give him one. He gestures comically to a lot of things we're saying, unless you can go back on the video and see him in the background. You're missing out. <laughs> anyway, uh, last time around, I like how we split this up. I just decided to go with an English or, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, an English style barley wine. I went with the London Balling, the Amberano. I love that name. Yes, the Amberano Wood Aged from Against the Grain Brewery. Again, that is a British barley wine from a from a Kentucky brewery. From yes, a Kentucky brewery. Twelve point five percent ABV, uh, eighteen IBUs. So, again, because it was British, they did this very much the style and did it low on the IBUs. They didn't really hop that thing to death. Uh, your Brewer Advocate score, 4.38 out of 5. And it's not because it's not a heavily rated beer. Like, that beer has seen some traffic. No, 4.38 is still a good rating. Yeah. Okay, at least for me. For me, average is a 2.5. That is middle of the road. So, uh, the brewery's description is big, ballsy, barmy, and barrel-aged. London balling is not typical. It's a skirmish of flavor. The barrel... It's a... No, never mind. Wrong band. Continue. (laughs) The barrel imparts oak and vanilla mixed with caramel sweetness from a malt bill with brick that'll knock your bloody bollocks around. Hey, bloke, fancy that and you'll be gobsmacked. I'm just thinking of, of the Millwall brick now. Oh, uh, for what I was going to try to go into is like, no, it's a, uh, you know, you're drinking it and it's a bar, it's a, it's a ballroom blitz. And I went, no, wait, I knew that's where you were going. I went the, wrong in, band that's not the in right the back of my head. I knew that's where you were going. So, uh, I love that when it comes in like a short stubby kind of, uh, oh, the, the uh red, red stripe, stripe bottle. It's like, it's almost like a miniaturized red stripe bottle, but the beer was amazing. Maltily, malty, you're getting a maple flavor, extremely sweet, heavy. Like coming out of the bottle like it's syrup, but it was delicious. I really liked that beer. Right. Thought about going to get more, but it's like thirteen dollars a bottle for. I think it's less than twelve ounces. I think it's like ten mm-hmm. ounces in that stubby little bottle. Oh yeah. But uh, Hold on. Let, let's let's see what Brittany's been drinking. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, save for for what we're we're doing now. Right now, nothing. <laughs> Brittany, what have you been drinking? I, I was not drinking. The can I'm seeing. No, I was drinking. She just, was not drinking a Sam Adams October. It was just a seltzer water. But that's my my mo at this point. <laughs> that's that's, Babis Operandi. Uh, I'm trying to be the oh, Latin the, word for for for, for B. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Your buble operandi. <laughs> buble operandi. 
Yeah, she's no. not drinking Michael a, Buble's Buble. Yeah, that's the, that stuff hasn't been on sale for a minute, and I'm, but I'm very like not thrilled about because the strawberry one is really good. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just thought sounds like oh wow, that's a good Latin deep cut there. <laughs> but now uh, we are doing an unintentional because we had to redo this tasting in which we retrieved probably one of the final bottles of this beer. I checked into this to untap when we did this episode originally, and it was listed as out of production. So. Um, probably not many of them. So if you can find it on a shelf, grab it. But it's part of Sierra Nevada's trip in the uh, trip in the woods series, which so far has been batting a thousand for me. Yeah, like one Sierra Nevada is pretty good. We've mm. got a uh, Scotch barrel age something in the other room mm, to get they, to. Mm. I've got some stuff to talk about with some other bottles I've seen. But they've got this one is uh, in that barrel age series. It is the. Ginger Bigfoot, Bigfoot being their barley wine, a ale aged in whiskey barrels with ginger added. I love the the, the bottle art on the massive these. ginger character. Massive ginger. It's oh, I'm happy I'm not trying that. Smell <laughs> it. When I first tried this thing, uh, I remember going, like, "That is a whole lot of flavors going on, though." Yeah, it's 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 a lot of stuff in. In, like, one or two drinks. You're like, holy crap. It is obviously a barley wine, but it's a barrel-aged barley wine mm. at 11.4% ABV. 65 IBUs, which I would say you don't taste that much of. No, but again, the IBUs cranking up because this is American style. This is style. an American yeah. style. As Chris was saying, he did the British style when which we did this initially. extremely low. I did the Amer- I did the American. This is a beer advocate score of three point eight out of five, which still not bad at all. It's not bad. Um, I I really enjoy this. It's it's complex. It's got a lot of stuff going on. You cannot find uh, descriptions on this from the from the website anymore because they oh. don't want you knowing that it ever existed. Uh, well, no, more like they're like, hey, I don't want you to feel bad, buddy. I know you missed this one, so look, it, it's fine. It never happened. <laughs> Uh, but so far the Trip in the Woods series, it's it, it's saying the thing I used to say all the time, put in a barrel and I'll drink it. Yeah, yeah, uh, I love what Sierra Nevada's decided to do with this series. They kicked it all off with uh, some narwhal variants. Oh, yeah. It does have it does have. I was taking a little sip there. Uh, a bit more, uh, a bit of vanilla uh, character from that barrel that it, comes in the. So what the barrel seemed, it, I'm guessing it didn't sit long in a barrel. I don't think it did very it long, It kind of kissed it with some vanilla sweetness. No char flavorings came mm. over. If it did, the ginger overpowers it. The ginger or possibly the malt overpowers it. Yeah. You're getting a lot of that. It, does, it, it does smell pretty malty. The ginger is extremely overpowering. So if you don't like ginger, you will probably not like this beer. I love ginger. Kind of a good thing uh, that I can't try it. <laughs> probably, but uh, I... The first time we did this, I drank the whole bomber. I'm a little glad I had someone to share the load this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're able to offload it around and share the love. I'm also really glad I got to share it with someone because it's one of those that I was like, oh, God, I need someone else to know how good this was. <laughs> and again, I had never seen bottles of this, and at the liquor store where you found it, this was the final bottle. This was the last one. Uh, they had another trip to the woods the last time I was there. That was off the shelves, too. Like, this was. Well, yeah. I just happened to look by and I went, oh, thank God. Like I had to pick this up last minute yesterday, and was this That's the a, o- like a miracle that you found? It. Oh my god! I was just so surprised I found it at all, and I'm really excited to have it. And it was 
it 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 ranks up there pretty pretty high in some of my my favorite beers. See, it was funny because I was at that exact liquor store yesterday because I was on my way home and didn't, didn't think to look down to see. Oh, what no, they... I saw it. I looked oh, and okay. saw it and thought about buying it. And then because I was I went to the liquor store to try and see if I could find because that li- particular liquor store is one of the best ones for bourbon. You can find. Almost any bourbon you want. They had a real good bourbon selection. To be fair, it's like in the heart of bourbon country. But uh, I was expecting... Deep in the heart of bourbon. Which is a, a, a lot of confusing... Yeah. So I was I was going in to try and find the Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond because I'd seen it there quite often before. Lo and behold, it is now gone. And that's when I had to grab some consulary, you know, six-year Heaven and Hill. Hmm. Or Heaven Hill. All right. Uh, overall consensus on this is buy it if you could ever you find it find it it's pretty good if you like ginger if you're yeah. at a bottle share and someone has it do it get a pour <laughs> look if you see more stuff from sierra nevada and their trip in the woods series go grab that hmm. like, all right. I'm, I'm gonna find the next one i can find now all right guys uh we really hope that this makes up for uh things being late and you're gonna be inundated with a whole bunch of stuff sorry and yay! No, don't, don't apologize for giving them content. It's what they—it's what the people want. Indeed, I hope. We hope. Hopefully, you're not paying us to not do things. That'd be weird. I mean, <laughs> we're cool with it, I guess. But all right, uh, you can subscribe and get some real resources uh, at haveadrinkshow.com. Follow us at Have a Drink Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch. And please rate the show on iTunes to help spread the word. Don't forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You use the email address, feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also use the feedback page on the website. Uh, smoke signals are also an option. Carrier pigeon. Uh, Haven't received carrier pigeon yet. Not yet. Loud shouting. Uh, least effect, uh, least efficient, but maybe we'll hear it one Maybe day. tomorrow, if you're in town. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, guys. All joking fun aside, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Yes. Uh, Jack is out next Saturday for the le- next live episode. And once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>